Keep your Bibles out, Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Last week we started a series entitled, They Call It Home. And last week we looked at, it begins with you. Personal responsibility. Such an important thing. And our homes will never be what they need to be until we take ownership of our actions. And we, we have got to do something about our home. We have to be active in our home. Uh, we can't just exist and expect that our home is going to be a godly home. We can't just imagine that if we have our kids in Sunday school and we have them in church that they're going to get saved and they're going to love the Lord and they're going to serve the Lord with their life. Unfortunately, we all know people who have been raised in church and have served the Lord and are not still serving the Lord. This Christian life, our faith, we have got to pass it down. We've got to pass it down. It has to be personal. So last week we looked at, uh, it begins with you. Tonight we're going to look at, uh, they call it home, but it's going to be teaching and training. Teaching and training. They call it home. Father, I do pray that you'd bless now these next few moments. May the Spirit of God take your word and uh, may it be a help to our people. May we be strengthened. May our homes, our marriages, our, our walk with you, may our uh, parenting, our child-rearing skills be helped. Uh, but Lord, just work in our lives. Give us what we need. And so help us now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. For those that uh, maybe you don't have any children at home and maybe they're grown and gone, uh, there's grandchildren that, that are coming along or are there. Uh, maybe the uh, reality is that you're, you're not going to have children. Maybe you, you, the Lord does not give you children. Uh, regardless of the situation, we are all a child. And God uses the, the parent-child relationship to help us understand his love and his care for us. And so for us then uh, to, to know him, that's the, that's the relationship uh, he has chosen to use is the family. And so it helps us, uh, regardless of our situation, we can all uh, grow uh, tonight. So uh, let's look at our verses again. And I'm not sure that I can say it like Brother Josh says it. Uh, <laughs> Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy chapter, sorry brother, I couldn't help it. Deuteronomy chapter number six, and let's look again, verse number one. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons, uh, son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth, with milk and honey. So as God's people were uh, moving into the land that flowed with milk and honey, this promised land, 
uh, God in uh, it before this took place, he gave them instruction. You know, God is a God that doesn't let us get into something and then try to tell us later what we're supposed to do. Have you ever been in that spot? All of a sudden you find yourself in the midst of a situation, but there has been no instruction on really what I am supposed to do. I'm glad God doesn't do that to us. He gives us the information that we need, and he, he gave them some boundaries and some guidelines. And so uh, verse number one, again, it says, the Lord God commanded to teach you that ye might do them. So I want you to see several things here as we look at this passage tonight. The first one is, number one, teach you. Teach you. God wants to teach you. Have you ever tried to teach somebody who, who was not a learner? It wasn't that they are incapable of learning, but they did not have the heart of a learner. They had no desire to take instruction. And when that is the case, what do we find? We find that there is a battle that goes on in the, in the, uh, the desire to pass something on. But you and I, before we can teach somebody, we have to be taught. And that's where the Lord began. He said, I want to give you the information to teach you. So in Exodus chapter 20 and in Deuteronomy chapter 5, we find the Ten Commandments in both of these passages of Scripture being given to God's people. He is going to give them these Ten Commandments, and these Ten Commandments are enough to guide a nation. Think about it. These are, these are short, concise guidelines, laws that God has given them. He didn't call them the Ten Suggestions. He called them the Ten Commandments. And with that, we are to take them as such. We are to realize that these were given to us, and they are not up for discussion. Have you ever dealt with your teenager and or your toddler, one of the two, and sort of sometimes very similar. Uh, and so uh, with that, you're, you're dealing with them, and you're trying to get something across, and they're just not listening. And, and you feel like, I've got to try to explain, uh, and they want you to explain all the details of why they should. Now, the reality is, you don't have to explain to them. They are to obey. Now, when they're in the teenage years, we are wanting to teach them because we want them to understand there's a difference. And, but with that, there has to be a heart to learn. And here we see God giving us Ten Commandments. Uh, and so let's look at them real quickly. The first four are all dealing with, uh, with who God is uh, and man's relationship to God. The, the last six are all dealing with man's relationship to man. Uh, so in verse number Deuteronomy 5, 7, uh, we have, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So, so here is the, the first commandment. Second commandment we see in verse 8, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Uh, verse number 11, thou shalt not make, take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Uh, let, me, let me say this, OMG is taking the name of the Lord God in vain. Oh my, and throwing gosh in there. 
It's the same thing. My, my pastor used to call it Christian cussing. And using another word uh, even to replace a curse word and throwing another word in there. God's people are not to communicate the same way the world communicates. And, and here, using God's name, he says, don't take my name in vain. Uh, and so uh, he says in verse number 12, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Uh, and with that Sabbath day to keep it holy, and we've taught this before, uh, the Lord was the fulfillment of the Sabbath. Uh, so the Sabbath uh, has been fulfilled. Uh, the Lord instituted the first day of the week. That's why we gather on Sunday, uh, because that was the difference. The, the Sabbath has been fulfilled. Uh, verse, verse number 16, honor thy father and thy mother. Verse number 17, thou shalt not kill. Uh, verse number 18, thou shalt not commit adultery. And that is still in effect. God's people need to be holy. Amen. Shacking up is still a sin against Almighty God. Is God a gracious God? He is. But that is not an excuse to sin. And we've got we've to realize that we can't allow the, the, what has been accepted by the world to be accepted within the church. And our messages, they can't change. And let me, let me tell you, how is the message not going to change? It's not just on my side. It's got to be on your side. So when, when messages are preached and sin is touched, and whether it's an oh me, an oh my, or an amen, there needs to be engagement. What does that do? That lets other people know that there's agreement on what is going on and what is being taught. And, and that is, that's important. So here we find that thou shalt not commit adultery. Verse 19, thou shalt not steal. Verse uh, 20, thou shalt not bear false witness. Uh, verse 21, thou shalt not covet. And that goes in effect still today. The Bible tells us later that covetousness, which is idolatry. Things can get a hold of us. And pretty soon we can put things ahead of our God. And so uh, these, these commandments, so these commandments have been given, but, but God didn't just give these tens, uh, 613 commands. Now, out of those 613 commands, we can, we can look at them, but the reality is God has given us direction, he has given us boundaries, he has given us ways to, uh, to follow him, why? So we don't wreck our life. You know, when I was first starting to drive, we live, lived up in Washington and up in the mountains, and you go, you leave where we lived, and you head up in through the hills and the mountains, and there were cliffs, and there were all kinds of drop-offs. You go up to Eatonville area, and uh, there was just all of these roads and snaking back and forth and just drop-offs. And they had these things called guardrails. And they're all along those roads. You know, people have no problem with guardrails until it comes to their life. When it comes to guidelines on how I am to direct my life, God has the right 
to put them in place. And they are not there to stop us from enjoying life. They are there to protect us so we can enjoy the life that God has given to us. And so here we have these statutes, uh, these commands, statutes, and judgments. And with them, they are to be taught, and then they are to be obeyed. After they're taught, and then they're obeyed, then they are given that next set of instructions. But until they are taught, and until they're obeyed, why would God give us the next step? If we're not going to do what do anything with what he's already given us, why would God give us more enlightenment? Why would he teach us anything new? He wouldn't. It would not make any sense. And, and so God gives us these, these commands, statutes, and judgments, and they were to be taught. And, and with that, uh, as adults, uh, just because we're an adult doesn't mean that we don't have to still obey. You know, the children obey your parents in the Lord, this, for this is right, Ephesians 6, 1. Yes, that is a wonderful verse, and it is still in effect. But you and I as adults, we are still to obey God and to follow his guidance. So first of all, we see teach you. Secondly, I want you to see keep them. Keep them. Uh, go back to Deuteronomy 6. Uh, verse 1, now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons, all the days of thy life that thy days may be prolonged. Now, God's pl plan is for the home, it is uh, the, God's plan for the home, it's to be a place where our faith is passed on. It is to be passed on. Uh, we see three generations here. We see thou, thy son, and thy son's son. Uh, so here, generationally, this faith, it started with the first generation, teach them, and then they were to keep them, uh, and this faith was supposed to be passed off and handed off uh, to, uh, to the next generation. It is not my job to pass on my faith to your children. It's your job. Now, as your pastor... I'm going to come alongside. And we should be in agreement. As long as it's coming from the book, we should be in agreement. And so here, when we look at the truths that are being taught, uh, parents, it's your responsibility to hand that faith off, your faith to your children. It is to be given, uh, and I am to learn the commands, the statutes, and the judgments, and I am to obey them, to do and keep the commands, the statutes, and the judgments, and I am to teach my children the commands, the statutes, and the judgments, and that's what every one of us are supposed to embrace. We are to be the ones that are teaching our children. Now, the wonderful thing about Christian education is that you have somebody that is, is going to partner with the parent, partner with the church, and partner uh, with those students to help them uh, to get that same faith and get those truths and get that biblical worldview. But if we are 
if we are just expecting that the Christian school is going to raise our children, we're going to be sadly mistaken. Our, our, our teachers are going to do the greatest job that they can, and they're going to do their very best. But they can't do it if it's not being reiterated at home. It's got to be something that has taken place uh, in the church and in the home and as well uh, with the Christian education. And so uh, let's look at these. He said that uh, the commands, the statutes, and the judgments. Now, the, the word commands here is the, the word uh, miswa, and it is an authoritative direction or instruction to do something through speech or writing. So it's an authoritative direction. That means that there, this is coming from a position of authority. God's commands, they're authoritative. He doesn't ask us what we think. To be honest, I don't think he cares. He doesn't care what we think should be accepted. He is truth. The Lord said, I am the way, the truth. God knows what true is. And our job is to come alongside with truth, not redefine truth. We're seeing the mess that this world is in as they're trying to redefine trying to redefine what men are and what women are and trying to redefine what uh, marriage is and trying to redefine the genders. Uh, And all of that is absolute confusion. And let me tell you this, uh, don't buy into delusion. Don't buy into the delusion. Just because somebody feels a certain way does not mean that it's reality. And we don't have to be hateful, but we, don't all, we also don't have to embrace it. So here we see these commands, uh, this, this authoritative direction. Then we see the, the statutes, and it's the, the word hook, and it, it is an authoritative rule or regulation. It is, it is a prescription by God. Now, when we look through the book of Proverbs, you know what we find? We find a prescription. It is, these are truths that God gives to us, and in doing so, it helps guide us, guides our mind, our thinking, our actions, so we can come in line with his commands, so we understand the truths uh, that he has given to us. So those statutes, uh, those judgment, mispat, and it is an accepted or habitual practice of longstanding. You know what? These, these, uh, these judgments... These are, these are things that have been already predecided on what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. God does not have to give us a command for every decision. That's why, that's why he gives us the book of Proverbs. That's why he tells us that we need to seek wisdom and understanding. Uh, God gives us wisdom, understanding. He shows us the actions of the fool. 
He doesn't have to command us not to do that which is foolish. He shows us in his word, and because of that, we can see judgments that are there. There's a whole, there's a a huge push to where if it's not a command, then it's just man-made. And let me tell you, God has given us a whole lot of wisdom to live by. And if we have to have a command for everything, we're in trouble. There is not a, uh, a verse in the Bible to say, thou shalt not put your head under the, the bus of, the, tr- of a, uh, the head. You should not put your head behind the wheel of a bus. You know, there are a lot of things that he gives. Uh, he doesn't give us a command on. But but we, we learn, we get wisdom, we get instruction, that guidance. And what does that do? That helps guide our life. And parents, that's what we need to be taking, these, these commandments and the statutes and these judgments. And we need to allow them to guide our life. But not only that, go back to verse number 7, Deuteronomy 6, 7. He said, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Diligent. The word diligent means steady in application to business. It is, there is a purpose here. And I'm going to be steady. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be in steady in that application, constant in effort or exertion to accomplish what is undertaken, assiduous, attentive, industrious, not idle or nor negligent. What is the, what is the statement? Repetition is the key to learning. You know what? We need to be diligent. And teaching our children. Diligent. The word teach is to instruct, to inform, to communicate uh, to another the knowledge of that which he was before ignorant. Your kids don't just know what is right. You think, well, they've been in church their whole life. They should know. No, you've got to teach them. We've got to teach them assuming that they're going to take on this information and that they're going to have that proper application of how to use that information, uh, it is not, it's not reasonable. Uh, we need to make sure that we are diligent in teaching. Uh, teaching is the transferring of information from one individual to another. Uh, for nine years when I was down at Golden State, I would go down every week and I would teach down there, uh, co- the college students. And uh, for uh, for these classes, uh, there were students that were there that wanted to learn, and they were just hungry to learn, and there were those that were just burning time. You could see it. They were there because they just wanted to get out of the house for mom and dad. They wanted to have some freedom, but they weren't taking in anything. Say, Pastor, how did you know that? You just have to read their essays. You just had to read and, and grade their tests, and, uh, and, it, and it told you whether or not they were learning. 
And many were not. There were a lot that were, but uh, there were some that were not. But we have got to transfer uh, that information. Uh, and, and with that, teaching is not just getting up and speaking and, and telling. Teaching is helping them to understand so they know how to apply it in their life. You see, we are supposed to learn, and then we are supposed to teach our, chil- our children what we learn, and we're supposed to teach our children how to apply then what they learned. It's not just spitting out directions. There is a teaching process that has to go on, and we're supposed to te- teach our children how to teach their children. Thou and thy son and thy son's Son, you say, well, pastor, this is pretty elementary. It's pretty basic. It is, but we're dropping the ball. We're dropping the ball. How many are really teaching our children? Think about it. That is a, that's a, that's a very, um, sobering question. Teaching is work. When we come home from work, we, we feel like we're done. The reality is the biggest work, the biggest job that we will ever have is just beginning. Are we really teaching our children? We want them to read. We want them to write. We want them to add and multiply. We want them to be able to get a job. But are we really teaching them uh, the principles of Scripture, the commands, the thou shalt, the thou shalt not? Uh, uh, are, we, are we just expecting somebody else to, to give them all of that information and us just come along and glean the fruit of somebody else's labor? Praise the Lord, there are a lot of loving, caring people that are going to invest in the kids around here. That's a blessing. But it's not enough if mom and dad aren't doing it. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto your children. Our children's ministry, they're doing a great job. I I am so thankful for our children's ministry uh, and the work that goes into it. And uh, our kids, they love the children's ministry. What a blessing. But that's not enough. That's not to replace mom and dad. You see, our children's ministry, though they are doing a great job, it needs to be taking place in the home as well. Not, it does not need to be a church thing. It needs to be a God thing. And all of us need to realize that. So how many are really taking time to teach our kids? Unfortunately, the home has broken down. And in the society that we live, the broken home is now the normal home. It used to be that you would look at homes and the homes were connected. There was a mom and a dad and children and 
And then the other homes were called dysfunctional homes. But now the dysfunctional home is the normal home. And no matter what situation you're in, we can't change the past, but we don't want that to replicate. And the only way that our kids are going to know how to be parents is for our parents to be parents. And we've got to learn. You know, none of these little ones, when you have these babies, they don't come out with an, with a, with an owner's manual. You can't flip them around and say, okay, now what? There's no owner's manual. You know what the owner's manual is right here? But there's also the owner's manual of the church, and you have the older women teaching the younger women. That's why it's so important for us not to just come to church to get. We come to church to give. We come to church to be a part in investing in other people. So vital. But I wonder how many couples have read one book on marriage. Don't get quiet. This idea that we know it is pride. And it's wrong. There are so many resources to help us in the life that we, we have. We've got resources back here. We've got resources on marriage. We've got resources on child rearing. We've got resources on personal, uh, uh, just your personal walk, your daily devotions. There's all kinds of resources back there, but they don't do any good sitting on those shelves. Hey, pastor, are you trying to sell something? No, I'm trying to save your home. We've got to be willing to invest in our own home. You see, this thing called home, it isn't just going to turn out right on accident. It is only going to be because you have invested in it. In your marriage, in your children, in your grandchildren. You see, God, we, we need to be reading uh, books on the home and marriage and child rearing. I did. It didn't really help me any, but just kidding. Uh, but uh, God teaches us what. God teaches us when. God teaches us where. God teaches us how. But we have to, we have to learn. We've got to know how to follow, to follow through. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. You know what? We have got to make sure that we have a personal relationship with God. And if we will have a personal relationship with God and then submitting to his word and allowing his word to guide our minds, our thoughts, our actions, what will we find? We will find that there are blessings that are coming. You know, God was setting them up for the promised land. 
The land that flowed with milk and honey. But not everybody made it. There was a 40-year death march. Why? Because of disobedience. Just because we have God's word doesn't mean that we're getting to the promised land in our life. If you're saved, you're going to heaven. But I don't want heaven just to be in heaven. I want to enjoy the blessings he has for me right now. And you and I have been given so much. Let's not, let's not miss it. So here, God teaches us uh, how he, to teach you to keep them. And then he says, thirdly, to teach them. To teach them. Verse 7, thou shalt teach them diligently. Thou shalt teach them diligently. And of course, that is referring to the children 2 Timothy 3.15, the Bible says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And here the apostle Paul, as he's writing to this young preacher, uh, Timothy, he is telling him that he had been given uh, the holy scriptures uh, from his mother and from his grandmother, and they had taught him these. And now he is in ministry serving God, and it all started as a child you know we need some Timothys but we need some godly grandmas and some godly mamas Timothy's dad we have no recollection or no real knowledge of him other than he was a Greek uh, but but no real influence but the apostle Paul there were there were some men that came along and influenced him and we see how God used him to be a pastor and to help people and to further the kingdom. You see that doctrine, which is to te teach what's right, reprove, to teach what's wrong. The, the correction that teaches how to make the wrong right and the, the instruction, is how to keep it right. And we just see how God's word, if we will follow it, it just protects us from a lot of the drama of sin. We're not going to get away from this sin nature until the Lord calls us on home. Either by the upper taker or the undertaker, one of the two. But we can avoid a whole lot of drama. I hate drama. But you know what brings drama? sin you can look at the results of sin and when there is drama going on there is sin at the root and we can miss it why because we have been taught he gave us instruction let's embrace it let's keep it but then let's teach. Teaching them, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
John Newton, he had a godly mom. And even though he was not saved until, uh, until he was an older man, and he lived a wicked life, he never got away from the teaching of a godly mama. Ladies, let me tell you, you have such an influence in the lives of your children. I, would, I hope that I had some influence. I know I had some influence with my kids, but not as much as that lady sitting there on the second row. The amount of hours, the amount of investment she poured into our kids. And our kids aren't perfect. They got too much of their dad in them. They're not perfect. But praise the Lord, they're saved. And they're serving the Lord. I'm proud of them. But we all want that. We all want that. Let's make sure that we are working on this thing called home. They call it home. Home should be a wonderful place. Make it that way. Don't just let whatever happens, happens. You make your home what it needs to be. Father, I do pray that you'd help us tonight. Lord, I love these people, and I love the children and those that are coming along. I pray, God, that you would help us to be what we need to be and to take the instruction that you have given us and apply it in our lives and and then Lord help us to be diligent to teach it and I pray that you would help our homes Lord some to be recovered others to be transformed others to be uh, just solidified and solid and uh, and to be the home that you have envisioned it to be and so I pray that you'd help each one of us, God, to, to realize the importance and the part that we play in this thing called home. And so bless us and help us, please. You know the, the needs of each heart and each home. I pray that you'd put your finger on things and help us grow tonight. Help us to be learners for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll have a short invitation. If the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, you respond.